Welcome to episode 12 of Free Game Fridays. <laughs> this one is a special one. This is our first live one. Incredible. We've done it consistently enough to niggas to want to see it live. Beautiful. Some beautiful <laughs> shit. We got Whitney Chanel moderating this one. Hello. <laughs> we got Tony Ro Romitty here too as well. She's been in the industry. She got some industry experience, so if we need to pass a question. <laughs> Trans Lee from Atlanta, he's been in the industry. He knows this, if we need to pass some questions. Hey, Cujo. <laughs> <laughs> Not the eyeballs. Let's do it, what are we he doing? He's dropping an album. You wanna tell him how this started? Okay, so first I wanna say, um, this started from a tweet. Uh, I wanted to interview La Russell. I've been following his career and his moves since before the Breakfast Club Freestyle when it was like mostly just good company content. It wasn't all La Russell content. Um, so he invited me to the pergola for this, but it's really special to me because I know you know earlier this year, I was concerned of if I could bid enough for a ticket to a backyard show and to end the year for me to be invited here um, is really special. So thank you for that. Legendary. <laughs> um, so with that said, I guess we can kind of start at that thought and move backwards. And I want to ask both of you, um, what are you most proud about from 2022? Man, wow, that's a, a major year. <laughs> Most proud. Um, this infrastructure, like um, all of my homies work with me. There's very few of us left that have like jobs that go clock in and work for a white person and like gotta, you know, call sick days. <laughs> like there's, there's very few of us left, you know, within the next year or so it's gonna be my my pop, everybody's kind of going to be in the structure where they're just, this is what we do. We built something that we all put seeds in the dirt for. So that's probably my proudest thing because we've been working for a long time. Right, <laughs> right. That's incredible. Man, um, I would say the proudest thing is that we did everything we said we were going to do. And then some. And some. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that we did not see coming this year, like this pergola, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, consistent hard work every single day for over a year has granted us um, this beautiful blessing. So. Okay, I like that. <laughs> so I know you have tweeted, Laura Soul, that um, you've already checked off like six of your 10 things that you wanted, or six things from your 10 year right. list. And you said that you completed everything that you said you wanted to do and then some. So can you tell us what were those things that you checked off? Uh, damn. I think uh, like 5 million streams was on there. Um, 250,000 followers. Or it might have been 100, one of those. You passed um, that a long time ago. <laughs> open a venue space was on my marathon list and we end up doing this. Um, What else? Uh, I'm already remembering either. Right. I think there was a certain amount of projects I wanted to drop. Ready? I'm stuck. 
was a, it was a very long marathon list, though. I was gonna say I think you you probably checked so many of them off way earlier in the year that you already moved on to new goals since then. Bruh, and um, yeah, that was the flow. I had read this um. I don't know where I seen it. I think it was Elon Musk, and he was like, "Don't be afraid to accomplish your ten-year goals in one year," and I set out to do that shit. Um, if you haven't already, on like thinking of that, uh, there's a book called The Twelve Week Year, and it's based on the premise of we set goals at the beginning of the year, um, and a lot of times we don't accomplish them all because we're like, "Oh, we got plenty of time. Like, I still have the rest of the year." So it's this idea that you're gonna focus on like maybe three or four goals like every day for three months or 12 weeks. Right. And then af at the end of that, like you, you know, shoot for the stars, you might land on the moon, like make them like really far to reach. But if you work at them every day, cause you're only working at these three things, you can accomplish more than after 12 weeks, start another 12 week year. So it's kind of- But the new smart. year, a new year gym. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's kind of like the same, you know, the same concept. And it kind of seems like you, you move at that pace anyway. So definitely. Yeah. We, we yeah. put shovels in the dirt. Right. <laughs> put a pergola in it too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Along the way. Right. Um, so I know I have questions um, and I've had other people give me questions. Everybody is, wants to know about the team dynamic. Um, that's one thing that made me a fan was not just you, but the team and how you guys all work together and everything is in-house. And in an age where people feel like it's cool to say, I did this by myself, like I don't need anybody, like I did this all on my own, you're doing the opposite. And not only that, but like you give everybody credit along the way. like. We know T as much as we know you. <laughs> you bring her everywhere. She's doing interviews with you. Like, we know everybody. Um, how do you delegate and how important is that? And how important is trust? Because you can't do everything. Right. <laughs> how does that um, work? I delegate to a degree, right, until someone kind of takes it and then I don't really have to. Right, like there's certain things that kind of flow and happen now that I no longer really have to be too much integrated with. Like when merch started and it was smaller, I was had to be heavily integrated. But now um, I could just text Millie or Sarai, and it's like whatever needed to be taken care of kind of happens. People just kind of take on um, their strong suits, right? And and then the people who are still looking to find their strong suit just help out everywhere, wherever I need help and assistance, they're just willing to assist. Okay, so is it more so like you don't even really have to delegate? People just kind of step up and say, I'll do that? Yeah, at this point, uh, we've been doing it so long now that everybody kind of has a role and a position in a way, right? Mm -hmm. And the people who don't, they just fill in whatever, wherever necessary. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you are somebody who is almost known it's like on brand for you to feel very strongly about what you want what you don't want what you're gonna do you know you want to do things your way does that ever cause conflict with <laughs> your team does it <laughs> uh i think i don't think conflict is the word but yeah we have spaces where we disagree or it's like nigga you gonna give me two days to do that <laughs> you feel me but i don't i don't think there's ever uh conflict 
Okay. But you'd have to ask them if it's conflicting <laughs> or not, because, right, I am somebody who will call. And I feel like when we shot the truck video, it was like, hey, nigga, pull up. <laughs> we finna shoot this, right? I'm that right. type of person. But um, everyone around me knows what comes from that. We've mm -hmm. all witnessed what happens in those moments, and we've kind of built it. From the beginning, that's how I've been, right? And no one on my team yeah. tries to change me, you know? And, and I think that's a beautiful thing. So I don't know if we have conflict, but you'd have to ask them. I can, <laughs> I can, I can see that, because even how this event happened, you hit me and you were like, let me know when you're ready for me, or do you want to come to the pergola? Let's do it live right? on this date. And <laughs> that's so literally how everything works with me. And I'm pushing, like, the thing is, like, I don't think about it and then sit on it and be like, okay, no, I just pushed the button that day, right? And I bet those text messages happen in the span of like three minutes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Exactly. Right. Hey, but that's how things get done. If I would have sat and waited to think about the cost and everything that would come with building the pergola, I would have never built it. Right. Right? right? Because I, I would have got into my head. The moment I was like, nigga, I'm doing this, I did it. And everything just flowed. Same with Momo's. The moment I was like, I'm doing this, I did it. If I sit there and think about everything that comes with the things I do, I might not do a lot of shit. You'll out, you'll, you'll, out, you'll think yourself out of it. Definitely. You will talk yourself out some shit. So I'm just, I have to be, the moment it comes for me is okay. like, no, we have to do this, right? Right. And we've made history that way. We've done some monumental shit. Right. That's so... Because, so you've done some very uh, new things. I know you've done things. I see people talking on Twitter, um, and I know there's people who, who doubt, or I remember Black Friday 2021 was when you announced, like, you could buy stock. You, you could buy, you wow. know, percentages Sheesh. of my music. You know, right. you did merch, pay what you want. And I've had conversations with people just so you know, every artist and team that I talk to, I'm trying to get everybody to do pay what you want. Right. Sometimes they're like, well, but there's a cost for the merch. And I'm like, you have to trust the process because it's, it's going to balance out. And worst case scenario, you're paying for marketing, even if you end up mm -hmm. paying for it. But with all of these ideas that you've done that were like never been done before and they sound crazy at the time, have you tried any that didn't work? Huh. <laughs> Have we? Have anything not worked? Nah, everything's a hit. No. Everything's <laughs> a hit. Everything a hit. I mean, the only things that don't work, like sometimes with shows, like we've had shows where it's like, yeah, I was off with that. <laughs> we def I definitely thought more people was coming, but other than that, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> I missed on this one. The analytics was not right. But, um, Right, yeah, right, right. It always ends up working in, in our favor, way. you know, in the long run. Like something happens and it's like, wow, good thing we did do that, you know. But, but that's um, how life works. Right. Like nothing right. is ever not working. It just didn't work mm. the way you wanted it to when you wanted it to work. But it's working. Right. right? It's right. working. It was a lesson that it's taught working. you what did work. Right. Yeah, so no, I don't think, I don't think any. Like we kind of. But I'm also someone where, like, I refuse to fail. So even if it looks like it ain't working, I'm going to figure out how we're going to make this shit work. Right. Right? It's like, all right, we ain't sell it. Now we giving it away. You feel me? And it's like, bro, that you, you make something out of everything that happens. Right. Okay. I like that. Um, so with Momo's, right, 
<clears throat> Actually, let me back up. So I've listened to the song before, and like I see things, and it didn't really register to me until I really listened to 501c3. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> said I run a 501c3 for all the times to tax me. Okay, <laughs> so <clears throat> you have an LLC, and you have a 501c3. Right. Um, and I also noticed, you know, like, merch is pay what you want, and shows are offer-based. So do any of those fall under the nonprofit? Like, did the nonprofit come after pay what you want? Right. So once we start doing the proud to pay thing, I had a, a lawyer hit me. His name Bilal Chatilla, and um, he's my lawyer now. And uh, he was like, bro, I love your shit. I want to work for you. I got you. Pay me whatever you want. Okay. He came with that approach, and uh, we sat down and started talking about the different, different things. And I was telling him about the proud to pay shit. Like, we do donations, and he's like, bro. That's a non-profit. Like you're not charging anyone for anything. Those are not. That's non-taxable. And then we established the uh, 501c3 before I even fully understood what it was, okay. because it was like this is going to be a very necessary thing for what you're <coughs> building because it's different. Okay, so you just kind of had it, didn't know what you're going to use it for. Didn't but even you realize, just right? Well, I knew we were doing it for the donation base and the show because right. we weren't charging people, but okay. not understanding fully what it is, right? Because you still have to dive into those terms. We was calling it five hundred one three C at first, <laughs> right? Like you know, we didn't even understand what that shit is. So, right. but it's something where as this shit grows and scales, and when you're doing. 10 million, 20 million in revenue, and you didn't charge anyone for it, and it's all donation based, and you're able to accumulate that much. This is a very important thing. This is strategies that the rich use. Right. And right. there's a reason, not even the rich, the wealthy use, and there's a reason that they're wealthy. You mm-hmm. feel me? Yeah, it's fu- and it's funny because I started doing pay what you want uh, services for my business, doing strategy calls for right. artists. You ain't give us no percent, though. I mean, but I started implementing that with my business and then I heard the line in that song and I was like, oh, I, you. I was like, this nigga's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Come on, um, shout out Bilal. <laughs> um, but speaking of, okay, didn't give you a percentage. So there's a lot of people, (laughs) there's a lot of people who, you know, they say like, oh, they're copying me. I did that first. And they're, 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 so-and-so did that first. That's you, though. That's you. You got that shit on me. (laughs) (laughs) That's my shit. Who is that? (laughs) No, the the dope part was she was so locked in, didn't even hear the phone ring. (laughs) Um, but most that you were speaking on not giving me a percent? Yeah, because I'm not. No. <laughs> no, but there's a lot of people who they don't like and they don't, you know, it's like, oh, someone's copying me or I did this first. Um, how do you feel when you see other people implement your strategies? I know you have What's TBA, so you're mm-hmm. creating an uh, offer-based ticketing platform that will be open to the public eventually. Right. Um, so... You're going to make that available to other people. So how does it make you feel when you see other people, like, copy your, your business strategies? I love it when it's done genuinely and um, and homage is, like, show. Even if homage isn't show, but it's done genuinely, like, bro, this is what I want to do because of this. This is how I feel. I believe in this. Like, yeah. we've seen some corny niggas do it. 
Mm. And it's like, I don't enjoy that because you've been corny. You're just copying. You're not doing it because you love your fans and you fuck with your people and you really just don't want to hit them. Right. You're doing it because you've seen that I did 6K in revenue. You right. feel me? Like, that shit is different. And uh, that shit I don't really like. But it's like, what can you do? Whatever. Corny niggas going to be corny. You feel me? Either way. <laughs> and when we started, it was like, we had that thought of like, oh, everybody's going to start doing this. And that's a beautiful thing. Because right. whether it's genuine or not, it's still being done. And you're sparking that for a bunch of other people who eventually we're going to live in a world where everything is pay what you want and offer base and it's right. not Man. all about the profit and whooping people. It's about the experience and, like, what it started as, which is right. building a genuine fan base and getting people there who love and support what you do. I love it so much because I feel like there's been plenty of conversations on Twitter about this lately. But <clears throat> um, the industry has is, has, is very exploitive, very, mm -hmm. very, very predatory. Um, and so what you're doing is disrupting things in a way where I feel like the more people who implement what you do, the m the more fair things get. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like we won't have Ticketmaster getting sued or I don't know if they are, but people complaining about, you know, like all the fees and things like that they're adding on. So it's like I feel like the more people who implement pay what you want, the more it like levels the playing field and kind of makes it so that all these predatory practices that a lot of people know it's wrong, but they feel mm -hmm. like that's just part of the game. That's what I got to do. You right. know what I mean? And Bro, you know we're in an interesting industry when you get praised for doing shit that you should do. Like, right. just the shit that <laughs> makes sense. Like, yeah, he helped me make that song. I'm going to give him a cut of it. Man. Right? That's just regular shit. But it's like, oh, shit, he's doing this revolutionary <laughs> shit. It's like, nigga, right. this is the shit you should do, right? And right. That, but that's how far left we are. Right. People are used to, they're used to like, oh, you know, they didn't give me any credit, but it's cool because I, I, I got the opportunity. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you know? Oh, no, 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 no. And, right. and, it's, and right. it's to the point where the conversation on Twitter was, it's to the point where you're shamed if you aren't, if you don't feel that being compensated with opportunity is enough. Um, so I think the more people who adopt, just, you know, pay what you want and just the mentality of that, of, you know, splitting shares and making that, I'm like, I'm now, like, I'm going into situations where people want me to work with them and I'm like, that's cool. I want a percentage. Right. If LaRussell can give his team a percentage, you can give me right. a percentage. If I'm making your content, if I'm making the content, if I'm editing it, if I'm posting it, I'm scheduling it, and you're making money off this content, right? Right. you know? I helped build right. your platform. I should have a stake in it. Right. right. You wouldn't have these views and this revenue <laughs> if I didn't literally put it there. So... Yeah, definitely. Like, it, I just feel like the more people adopt that. And that shit alters the landscape. Like, I, I think you make the most money off the shit that you do for free anyway, right? The, the jobs you don't get paid to do is the jobs that pay you the most money. And with my team, I never, ever said what amount I'm going to pay anyone. It was like, right. we just here working anyway. We were working when there was zero dollars coming from anything. We still did the same amount of work. You feel me? So... Now that we know that, bro, me and I always tell this nigga, like, bro, this is the brokest that we're ever going to be for the rest of our life. 
Mm-hmm. Right? So if you cool now, it's only going to get better. You feel right. me? But all that came, we've worked for free forever. <laughs> like, st- still, till this day, right? Like, forever. That that never changes, and that's why it's important to do work you love. Because you only complain about your rate when you're doing some shit that you really don't even want to do. Mm-hmm. Right? That's true. Like, I get on strategy calls with people, and some people pay 150 some people might pay $20, might pay 10 but I actually like talking to people and helping them with their content. So I'm like, either way, I'm like, my calendar stays full. Yeah. <coughs> I'm putting my 10,000 hours in. I'm getting more experience. Exactly. I have one more person who's going to tweet about me or tell somebody, like, hey, you should get a call with her. I'm getting case studies, like, right. all of that. So it's like, it's, it's, there's, and, like, I'm actually making more because I'm staying busier. So even right. if someone pays me $10, like, Better I've got, zero. yeah, like, <laughs> I could be like, no, this is my price, but okay, only two people are going to pay that price. So, right, exactly. um, I think I, I try to get everybody to And even, it. like, a price is just so interesting because say you set a price. you like, I'm going to consult with you. I need $25 an hour. It's like, you think your consultant is only worth $25 an hour? Right, so a price really makes it rigid. It's really a priceless thing. I can't tell you what it's worth for you to sit right. with me and me to tell you how to improve your business. I agree, because I feel like it's priceless. <laughs> like, like I feel like you know, but but if there's somebody I want to work with, it's like you know what can, you know what's the value to you, and you know what can you pay? Um, because I'd be missing out on opportunities if I'm right. like, nope, this is my rate. And a lot um, of the time, people will pay you an amount initially because they don't really know what you're offering and then after you've completed your service they'll get you on the back end because it's right. like i didn't really i didn't really understand right. what i was going to get from you at first so i'm paying for a service that i don't really understand and now that i've gotten it and i've seen how much it's changed like damn i'm going to show you extra love that's how right. you end up with 1k donations Bro, three days right. later right that's some crazy <laughs> shit a nigga sent a donation in three days after a show that means right. he was sitting at home in his drawers and was like, man, that was the greatest <laughs> show I've ever. About it. <laughs> He's still thinking right. about it. And he, yeah. and he was like, damn, when I paid, I didn't give you what you were worth. Because he probably just didn't know at first. And that's right. not his fault. Like, he should still get a chance to get in the door and experience mm-hmm. it. Because right. you never know. Fuck around and find out. He gonna right. fuck around and find <laughs> out. And the more you fuck around. Right. <laughs> no, I've actually... When I started the pay what you want, I had some clients that were like on a monthly basis and they were paying, you know, a certain amount. And I actually asked one of them because she was like, how's the pay what you want going? And I'm like, it's going good. And I was like, you know, I want to ask you, like, how do you feel about it as somebody who's already been paying this much? And then you see I'm offering it as pay what you want for to somebody else. Like, how does that make you feel? Um, And she was just like, I would I would still never pay you less. If anything, I'd pay you more because I know the value. So. That made me feel good because I'm like oh. the people who have already paid me don't feel a certain the type of way. They know they got. Mind. Some right. people, mind. some people <laughs> pay hundreds to come to a show, and they know they know everybody else ain't spending this amount, but that's why they do it because right. they know ah, some niggas might short them. I'm finna throw two fifty. You feel me? Like you fit, and that's why uh, we we were talking about we're building a site now. And uh, one of the guys who was building it with us was like, man, should we add an element where they could see, like, the last price someone paid? And I was mm, like, no, no, because then people aren't thinking for themselves, right? right? That was the whole idea of doing 
pay what it's one. It's like, what is it worth to you? Not to the first 10 people who put an offer in, but what's that shit worth to you, right? Right. No, it really puts you on the spot. I feel like every time I buy, I buy merch from you, <laughs> I've bought shirts, hoodies, I got the book, I got the album, I got the other album, I got the vinyl. I'm like, if, if he puts it out, I'm going to buy it, right? I don't even have a record player. But, <laughs> but when I buy it and I put in my price, I still feel like I'm not paying enough. And then I think, mm. how much, if I were to go to Amoeba, or if I were to, you know, how much would it be for sale? And it's just like, I wouldn't have paid that much if you would have just sold it at like $25 or something, or right. $12.99. Like, I'm paying more than that and still feeling like I still didn't pay enough for it. So... Yeah, definitely makes people stop and think and actually make them actually stop and think about how much they value you, which is never a bad thing because. Bro. And it's a science. Like, we got to a point. It used to, uh, when you go on the site, it'll show, like, um, we had, like, a, um, I think it was, like, the minimum price. And I was talking to Taz, the guy who helped build the site, and I was like, bro, you got to put that bitch at 1000 yeah. Because I've I've realized that people would just go in and just hit add to cart because they don't want to th they don't want to take all that out. So I removed that because I'm like I know you're not gonna pay a thousand. So now you have to determine and decide to. what this is actually worth, and that shit changed a lot of shit. I remember when I first saw that on there too. I was like, <laughs> oh he okay he got he got smart. <laughs> yeah. Put the fire on her. <laughs> like, that okay. minimum ain't gonna slide no more. For real, yeah. Um, do you have, like, because I know with pay what you want, <clears throat> you can have a minimum. Do you put a minimum on anything? Um, kind of not. It depends on, like, the item. Okay. So, like, usually it's, like, $5. If it's, like, something that took a lot more to produce, 10 mm -hmm. Vinyls, I put a minimum. Actually, I didn't put a minimum. I just accepted or declined. So, oh, okay. some shit don't have a minimum. I just choose whether I feel like it's worthy of it or it's not. Okay. Um, so with the gold cards, yeah. um, <laughs> I have had, I think you saw it on Twitter before, um, <clears throat> when I was saying like, you know, you know, asking people if they have questions or someone would said something about like, they don't think that it's sustainable. They're like, because what if he's doing stadiums and, um, you know, he could be charging $300 a ticket, but you know, everybody has a gold card, it won't work. And I'm like, well, first, everybody won't have a gold card because <laughs> it has to be accepted. Um, but is that something that you plan on doing forever or or will you limit? Forever, because I look at it like, if I ever get to a stadium and everyone has a gold card, I did pretty well in right. right, right, <laughs> right. I'm at a stadium. Right. <laughs> I, I think I think we won. If I pull up to a stadium and everyone's like, I got a gold card, Go I on, won. Right. <laughs> we are okay. <laughs> we are okay. <laughs> that means we're doing pretty good. <laughs> that's right. an okay thing, bro. No, that's Thanks. that's not an issue at all. But I've noticed, like with shit like this, people try to find an issue, right? Which is so interesting that they instead of trying to just praise it like this is crazy they're like well what about this and it's like bro nothing can go wrong when it's genuine intent behind it right it's like bro i don't care about none of that shit if there's niggas outside who got a card who can come to the door and do this and come in what are we talking about you feel me the other shit don't even matter so no i don't i don't really think about it at all i think it's a win no matter what 
Definitely. And I think that, I think that um, you're, you think bigger than most people. And so how you said, like, if I have a stadium full of people and everybody has a gold card, we did pretty good. <laughs> Where a lot of people are, are, they're not realizing if everybody in the stadium has a gold card, what that actually means. Who did they buy it from? They're still... <laughs> thinking about profit like right. their, their main goal is still like oh I didn't make as much money as I could have off that event because everybody has a gold card and it's like you missed the whole picture right you filled the stadium right with people with gold like right bro, you're not only that you think it's small Everybody there with a gold card is buying merch. <laughs> They're buying merch. There's so many things. And it's like, bro, now, I've lost money on every show I've thrown until this year. So to, that shit is like, bro, we're, that, that's going to happen, right? right? So that's not even the big thing. Like, the thing is getting that many people in the room because then, yeah, you sell a shit ton, ton of merch fast. Like, you, you're able to make your money in different ways. I can literally ask for donations and niggas cash app and Venmo, like, you feel me? It's getting that many people in the room, but yeah, when you're right. only thinking of the profit that can come from something, it looks like a loot. It could look like a losing situation, but it also shows the disconnect, though, because for you, it's like if we fill a stadium with everybody who has a gold card, that means there's a stadium full of people <laughs> who care that much and, right. and, and and are really fans. Where if you're saying, well, if everybody has a gold card, I could be missing out on $300, There, it shows that they look at people as dollar signs. Right. And right. I think that's why you're winning. You're more mad that the person <coughs> is here versus the money that they want to pay. You're like, nigga, you showed up for free? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> How dare you show up to my show for free? And the, peop <laughs> and the people who are mad at this are people who don't have people at their shows, so it's crazy. And people like, who don't sell right. gold cards. Right. How dare you show up for free after I told you you could. <laughs> right. <laughs> I gave you this card and said you could. Yeah. Like, right. right. But that, that's always the misunderstanding, right? It's hard to understand a concept or an idea that you would have never came up with yourself. Right. Sometimes right. you just can't grasp it. Yeah. That's why you ain't do it. Right. But, <laughs> but I, I also think that's why a lot of other artists don't have fan bases as strong is because it's clear with thinking like that you're looking at people as dollar signs and you're not appreciating fans. You're not appreciative that they showed up. You're appreciative, appreciating that they paid. Right. Mm. And so when you have that mindset, you're, that's going to affect how you engage with them. That's going to affect, like, you go to shows and you greet everybody before you make yourself available after. And... I've gone to album release parties where you couldn't even get the artist to walk around the room or get on the mic. <laughs> Tag him. <laughs> Adam. Tag him. So, like, certain stuff can't be taught, but I think that's why it's like you have, you ha like. You know, some of that shit be, um. Anxiety. I've went to album release parties where the artist did a very, very similar thing, but it wasn't even um, through them being like stuck up. I later on found out, I'm like, oh, you're cool as far you just like niggas yeah. just, you feel me? Like everyone's confident in a booth with no one around, right. but it, it's different when there's a thousand people. Are you still yourself? Are you still yeah. confident? Can you still stand right? And a lot of that shit be that. It'd be like such a 
a mask that is like, bro, it's uncomfortable having that many people around. Yeah, it wasn't that many people, but you're right. I think <laughs> artists too. <laughs> I think artists too need to find out like you're just a very personable person. Yes, like, you enjoy giving hugs and everybody ain't like that. You know, that's just yeah. either from how they came up or just how their personality is. But as an artist, it's on you to figure out how to supplement that. If you know you don't want to go out and greet everybody beforehand and afterwards, then you have to figure out a way to appreciate your fans in a different way or let them know that you're grateful that they showed up and that they support you. And that's on you to figure out because everybody's fan base looks different and the yeah. way that you treat your fans is going to look different. You're not La Russell. Yeah. But your, right? <laughs> your fans is always a reflection of you, yes. right? Like always. So if you get in a spot, if you're in a room with your fans and you're uncomfortable, it's you. You <laughs> feel me? Like that's a that's an interesting state. Your fans is a reflection. Most of them. Sometimes you have them niggas who are a little, well, little, little. It's like ah, right, I attract you in here, right? <laughs> but <laughs> but for the most part, they're a reflection of you, bro. We we meet a lot of a lot. Bro, do we right. people be in this yard from shows? They come to a show and next thing you know, they just here, they chilling. Nick, it's <laughs> like, bro, these are dogs. You feel me, man? Yeah. We have so many people who have become family. Just bro, it's like we're human, right? And when you're a decent person, we notice that we attract those people, bro. Like a lot of our unit now is filled with just. Man, Rick, Ricky sent me a Christmas card the other day. <laughs> I'm like, this shit is crazy, right? But she feels like a part of the family. It's a unit. Right. So you attract that shit. If you you around your own fans and it's like, I need to sit in this corner. It's like, bro, who are you portraying yourself right. to be? But I think also that a lot of artists don't and don't realize that they don't actually have fans. They have people who like their music. And so if you know yeah. that everybody in the room is a fan and they're messaging you and they're tweeting you and they're in your comments, you know when you walk in that room, all these people love me. So right. you're going to be more comfortable. <laughs> so when you don't really have fans, you just be like, these are some niggas who showed up that I don't know, but they fuck with my music. Mm. That's cool. Right. So <clears throat> I think it's kind of like what comes first, the chicken or the egg. Like, do the fans, do they become fans? Do you appreciate? You know what I mean? It's like it. Because I, I feel like nobody's going to become a fan of you if you don't show the appreciation. If you have five people fucking with you, <clears throat> you have to show appreciation for those five or you're not going to get to ten. Because if you're complaining about who doesn't support you, them other five are going to be like. But in this game, you do, right? Like, you have people who are just like you say they don't really fuck the fans but they sell out shows right, mm. right? they don't even have to talk to a nigga how yeah. about nothing and they sell out because that's just how big the music is now that's you true. can you can literally you could sell out shows and not fuck with your fans at all <laughs> but i would argue and say that the people who can sell out shows without having fans um you that definitely won't work if you're independent um, I think that's a result of them having a machine and money behind them and marketing. And mm -hmm. so their music is everywhere without them having to do the work. Exactly. But to be independent, and in this day and age, you almost have to successfully be independent to a certain extent to even get offered a deal. Right. So it's like, I don't know, I just feel like that's a yeah, big... Yeah, definitely. With the, with the system, it, it helps. It's very accommodating, right? People can see you right. every day and you never have to do no work. Right. True. Yeah. So that's something that I always, when I talk to people, I'm, I'm always trying to get them to like, I feel like if you build the fan base and you genuinely 
appreciate the people who support you, the streams, the merch sales, everything is going to come. Everything will fall in place. Right. Agree. Um, Hold on. Let, let's let them get some. Yes. So, so we, y'all got any, any questions? Any questions? Yeah. Come on. Oh, yep, hold on. Let me give you this mic. Oh, yeah. Chow, can you give me give me some? Mm -hmm. I might have you muted. You might want to test that first. Check, check. There we go. All right, yeah, so one of the things that, like, really, like, drew me to, like, your page was, uh, like, the incorporation of, like, live music in, like, your performances. And I was just wondering, like, uh, if there was, like, what inspired you to do that, if there was any artists that, like, you saw or... If it was kind of like just an idea behind, we uh, was uh, having a rehearsal. Right. right, we Rocco. was having a. Can I hit that? We was having a <laughs> rehearsal one day, and Simon was there. So he just start playing shit, and I start rapping, and I was like, "Hey, Simon, can you play something real quick?" And it was a great rehearsal. I'm like somebody. If you can't get it in five seconds, I don't want you on stage with me, right? Because he's like, you can't keep up. I only like to play with the niggas who really play. And he kept up with everything. And after that rehearsal, Malcolm said, he need to be at every show. <laughs> that was lit. He looked at me and said, he needs to be at every show. And since then, we had him at every show. And then one day, we were like, we're going to start doing sessions. I want to use a bunch of different instruments. I really wanted to do like a live session with a heart. So we was like, yo, we need instrumentalists. We did the shout out on Instagram, made the fucking Google sheet, and we got hella input. Okay. Michael Prince, our violinist back there, yes. he <laughs> ended up entering into the list. So we went through the list and looked at IGs. We found his, and it was like, yo, we got to fuck with him. Uh, also, another quick question. I'm hella cold, so do you guys have any uh, hoodies available right now? <laughs> yeah, we do. Hell yeah. For sure. <laughs> but yeah, so... That was that was my influx to do live music, right? We start getting different instrumentalists, and it's like, bruh, it's just more freedom, right? When you when you using the instrumental, it's rigid. You're limited to whatever happens in this beat. When it's live, like we we do medley, sometimes we'll just rap off one medley for 15, 20 minutes because it's so free. You could take it wherever you want to go. It's like water. Come on, man. It's like water. She had one. So in one of your songs, you say I'm vegan, I'm godly, but I don't think you're vegan. No. <laughs> no. Why you so, don't think so? That? that is a song from 2018, right? <laughs> and that's the beautiful thing about music is it's different pockets of your life. Like, my music is very reflective of where I am in the time. So whatever I'm going through in life at that time, you're going to hear in that album. That's a beautiful thing because every time I rehearse that song, I'm like, I'm a liar. <laughs> I'm not vegan no more. But, yeah, I, I tried to go vegan for about, I think I lasted like, two and a half months, but I was a horrible vegan. I just <laughs> ate all the shit that you wasn't supposed to eat, but the vegan version. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling me out on live. <laughs> I, I think you a liar. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I just Any more? Any more? Are you vegan? No. So you put that on me and you ain't even vegan? Look, look, he's vegan. Okay, okay. I don't think you are. That's hell. Trans Lee, come on. <laughs> Can I tell him, man, Trans Lee is a is a phenomenal rapper, man. He's from ATL. He's locked in with T.I. Tough. And, man, he's just been showing love. And he hit me, and I'm like, nigga, come to the crib. 
This nigga really came to the crib. He was all the way in Atlanta. You know, it was one of those come to the crib. Like, he ain't coming to the crib. He coming to the really crib, man. Up. It's had different. Had to pull up. Had to pull up, man. Shout, shout out to you, though, man. And I'm actually from Bama, but I've been living in, in Atlanta for quite some time. Uh, Alabama. Uh, yep, yep, yep. For sure. So, uh, anybody from Alabama out here? What? Wow, no I was way. Just joking. You from Alabama? I was joking. <laughs> Okay. No, no, no. I'm saying whenever I asked, is anybody from Alabama? I was really joking. Right, did not expect but to But we really got somebody from Alabama. <laughs> oh, wow. Huntsville. Yeah. Okay. Um, so on. it's interesting that you said uh, something about anxiety. And um, clearly, you've figured out a way to get past that to a certain e extent. Um, so I was just want to ask, like, what are some things that you may have done? Or is therapy a thing that you've done or, like, plan to do? Or... You know that I have one to therapy, but I haven't got the uh, effect that everyone else gets, where they come out and they're like, "Man, this is the greatest thing ever." But times. I also didn't give it a fair <laughs> shot, and uh, I admit same, that I didn't same, give it a fair same. shot, right? But uh, usually I smoke weed, and that that usually helps alleviate a good. That helps alleviate a good 60, 70%. Like, I, when I'm high, I don't really care about too much. You feel me? As long as you're not a danger to me, it don't really matter. I'm I don't care what you're doing, right? I'm in my own space. And uh, other than that, though, I'm I, I'm just comfortable. Like you know, I'm not really uncomfortable unless it's like a weird nigga. And even if it's a weird nigga, it's like I'm still comfortable. And if I'm not, I got funny. <laughs> you feel me? So, but but yeah, I usually once I once I smoke my weed and I get to sit. Like sometimes before shows, I'll kind of go and just sit, right? Like I'm I'm just in my space and in my zone. And after I get that sit in, then I could go. And approach and share and exchange energy. Yeah, because I'm I'm kind of like that. Like before shows, I'm so like thinking about my lines and making sure that I'm perfecting everything. That like I don't really talk to people like right before the show. But then like after that first song, and it's like it all goes away. You know what you I mean? You know, one time uh, after we did a show, uh, Rhapsody had pulled up. She was going on next, and I was like going to greet her, and I was like, "Yo," and she was like, "Yo, I'm not right now." And in my head, I was like, "Man, fuck her." <laughs> Right, that's how I was feeling. But she ended up texting me that night. She was like, "Yo, yo, I love your shit. I, I wasn't trying to show you off, but just before the show, I'd be in my head. I can't really communicate." And I was like, "Oh, I didn't realize that because, like, me prior to shows, I don't really like. I'd be just ready to go on stage. Like, I don't really have that pre-show jitter type feeling. So I was like, damn, that's how she's doing me.' But I, I get it now. That <laughs> it's real. It's real. Right." <laughs> All right. Uh, I think you're very forward-thinking in your in your thought about finances and, and money and kind of changing that programming of you know, just you know what we've experienced as Black people. Um, any advice you have for artists to kind of manage their money? Any tips and tools that they can use to like manage their whether it's Excel sheet or QuickBooks or something like that? Any any advice you can give? Anybody? Man, Excel is a lifesaver for a long time, but um, I'm just now. I just uh, started with this company called Mercury. They have an incredible like banking system for startup companies. So I've been able to make a card for each type of um, business that I do. So I use a different card to run ads, a different card to buy supplies, a different card to buy merch. So at the end of the year now, everything is like when you have to do your taxable deductions and shit, it's all in one place. But prior to Mercury, I just been winging life. <laughs> like I've just been winging. Like you don't, you don't know how to use money until you get money, right? And that's something that I had to learn. Like, even with me winging it, I run an entire organization. I fed a community for a month and a half. I pay my niggas. I get my pot. Like, 
I take care of everything, and I haven't went broke. You feel me? So that's just for me learning. You only get better as you get that experience, but there's not really any tip or trick that has been for me. Like, I've just had to grind and hustle, and it's like, I'm not going broke, so I'm going to figure this shit out, and I'm going to figure out how to make sure everybody good until we get to that point. But now, having Mercury, I've been able to really, I'm just now getting to the point where we're establishing it and getting it better. Like, we just save hella YouTube videos. It's like, okay, next week, we finna figure out payroll and just get everything kind of legit. But you just learn as you go. You feel me? There's nothing... You can't teach a broke nigga about finances. Like, it just don't, you don't, you don't understand, right? Like, you, you can't really learn money until you have it. And usually when you first get money, like, when I was first getting money, like, from where I was like, no, I'm making more money than most people, I bought stupid shit, right? So you have to get past that phase to even get to this point where you could run a company and make sure things are still getting taken care of and not blow the money. You but you invest me? everything. And I think that's such a crucial point of like, yeah, you've been winging it, but he's not winging it on cheeseburgers and like I mean, moped bikes and shit. <laughs> I mean, yes and no. It's like right. every, the big purchases, everything that's spent all right. goes back into the company. Like everything that we spend is so that way we can make more money. It's not like, ah, you don't see that's you don't see him in a chain and a fresh new set of J's and all this other stuff. It's like, nah, I'm gonna pay my niggas, I'm gonna handle the bills, and then we're gonna reinvest this money so we can make more money. Like, you can't be scared with it. Scared money don't make no money, and there's a man. reason why that's the saying. Like right? if you right. want more, you gotta spend more. And a big man, ads one day so I've been running like ads for a little minute. And I, I used to, when I first started, I was running like $10 a day ads, and I scaled up to like 20 whatever, right? And I, I had looked up Google's ad spin, Man. and it was a couple billion. And I said, all right, <laughs> do I want to be Google or do I want to be Del Taco? You know, like, you, you got to make them short. Right. And I upped that shit, and I had wrote on my marathon. Once I was like, I want to spend $100,000 in ads. Like, that was the goal because I know if I spent $100,000 for people to see me every single day, I'm going to make a million dollars, right? But that'd be the thing when people spending money, they'd be scared because they don't know if it'll work. Like, I usually put my money in the shit where it's like, I know this shit gonna work. There's no way in hell a million people gonna see me and I'm not gonna right. make nothing. And if that don't work, me? you working to make it work. Right, like, so care. it's like taking, take, taking very just calculated risks. You feel me? Like, we do a lot of crazy shit. I do a lot of crazy shit, but... I know that shit gonna work, right? Like deep in me, that's the and that's the reason I do it. Is like I know this shit gonna work. Some moments don't work. <laughs> <laughs> some some don't work, but for the most part, it's like we know this shit gonna work. But yeah, experience, man. You have to just get out there and start making money, and you learn as you grow and you grow. But I, I really think some people don't want to, right? No matter how much you teach a nigga, some niggas, you could literally map it out and they don't want to. They just want to buy the snacks and blow the bread and, and however, and you kind of got to let people, <laughs> you got to let people be, you know, how and wherever what they are. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> say, it's one back there, child. <laughs> Come on. A live free game Friday. That was dope. Yes, sir. First of all, I want to say just like just how blessed I am to see this within my lifetime of just like young people out here finding a different way and finding their own way. I hope you know and I hope you hear it enough, man. Like it's really an inspiration for a whole new generation, you know, including my kids. All right, so shout out to all you guys on that first. Then I got a technical question. 
Um, you kind of touched on it a little bit, your scaling model on your ads and everything like that. Do you find that it's really effective or what does that scaling model look like? Like what is your, how much are you guys spending on ads? Man, hyper, what? hyper effective. Yeah. Bruh, here. <laughs> I'm going to read. So if I go into my dashboard, so like I said, I started with like $10 a day, scale 15. Now, like usually if a post hits on my page, I'm $100 every day, just nonstop. If it hits again, I'm 250 If a show coming in, I need a pro, I'm 500 a day, right? But let me just read you off this uh, scale of how I kind of do it, right? So let's see. We have, I'll pick a random one, right? So this is a good one. So the gold cards, the gold card post that we did on EYL, it, it started going viral, right? So I start doing $100 a day behind it, right? So total this far, it's been 40 days that I've been doing that. So I spent $4,000. Out of that, I reached 272,000 people, 7,400 visited my profile, meaning they possibly became a fan. 10,630 10, tapped the ad. If they tapped the ad, that means it took them to the gold card link where they could put their offer in. So I spent $4,000 in a span of 40 days. Just within the last 40 days off gold cards, Thousands. Yeah. <laughs> so for that spin, I ten times I ten x what I spent. You feel me? So that was like a worthy risk. And even with content, like that one is different because it's direct. Like with records, it's direct. Off your ad spend, you get a sale, so it feels good. Some content, I'm just pushing content out there. I don't even get a sale from it. But my ideology is, if you become a fan of me, you're gonna wanna buy merch. You're going to want to buy a gold card. You're going to want to buy an album. So it's like, yeah, for one fan, I'm probably spending about 16 cent. Meaning for you to become a fan of me, it costs me 16 cent, and you're going to spend $100 with me. It's always a worthy investment when it comes to ads, you feel me? So, yeah, once you see it working, bump that shit up. Don't be scared to bump it up because you, you have to think abundantly. If you think you're going to spend $100 and lose, you're going to lose. Right. Scarcity mindset. Come on. Uh, I want to ask because uh, I got a si I got a band with my siblings and then my parents are involved too. And Joe Jackson. Uh, <laughs> 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 Joe Jackson. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to say because it's a really beautiful thing you got going on here, but I wanted to ask how do you balance your family life with your work life? <coughs> my work life is my family life. I work with my family and and all capacities, right? Like, in all capacities. I work with my family, so I don't really have to struggle too hard to balance it. I have to struggle harder to balance my own life versus balancing working family, because we're all intertwined. No matter how one of us feeling, I'm going to see you, nigga. You have to come to my house. So it's like, we're going we're gonna to go through it, and we're going to figure it out, because you have to come to my house. I'm telling mama. <laughs> 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 any more any more yeah uh, so I'm, I'm like just everything that you have and you spoke of is like so organic and like you speak of stadiums as well how do you think you're you gonna manage to like like encapsulate what you've created here and make make it so intimate like no matter the stadium or whatever environment you're in 
Like, have you thought about that? I don't think I don't have too much. I know uh, wherever I am, the same dynamic exists, right? And we've experienced that. We've been in places where there's eight thousand people, but they're locked in, right? I think that uh, you kind of you just command that attention if you're somebody who's just confident and firm. Like you feel me when you see Michael Jordan. And no matter how many people watching Jordan play, he's Jordan, right? And I think when you know that and you have that light. Everybody just kind of, it's like the sun. It's like, bro, you going to see me here. You feel me? It's going to become an, an area of focus. And, I, yeah, I, I never had to think about it much. I feel like whether it's 10 people or 10,000, it's all, I'm still here on stage. That never changes. Come on. Right. Oh, I'm flying into something. That's one of my goals. On one of these shows, I'm flying into something. <laughs> I'm flying into something. <laughs> Yo, what's good? Um, I just want to say first thank you because a lot of us are independent artists and like you're a big inspiration to us. Uh, not just with like the detailed organization and the way you're changing the business uh, and how people can relate to business through being an artist, but also just the heart you got. Super inspirational. Uh, question though. I'm a producer and I'm wondering, can you expand a bit on the relationship you got with Tope and how important that locked in relationship is for you? Man, Tope is one of my best friends now. Um, very important relationship. Most of the albums me and Tope made are albums we had no intention to make. <laughs> He's just at the house chilling. We kick, hey, pull up, kick it. We, whether we work, sometimes Tope pulls up and we don't work on nothing. We just chill and talk the whole time. It's just very organic, and that's what allows me to create the way I create because there's no, no one's pushing me to do something. Tope is never like, man, we got to do, we got to. It's just, it's just free flowing, and he cares. Like he's a genuine fan. Like before we even worked together, he was supporting my shit and sharing my shit. You know, and I think that's very important. And we do good business. I think that that is one of the most nurturing parts of like working together collaboratively. Like, Tope pays his rent now off streaming. He doesn't have a job. This, uh, just a year ago, he was working, you know? So I feel like when you do shit like that and you cultivate and grow together, we've done six projects together. You just grow a different type of um, energy. That's just my dog. Like, we really, we started at zero with one another, right? And we both can pay bills off music now. Thank you. Shout out to man, the great white. Great white. <laughs> Johnson. Any more, any more before before we need start start giving us? Come on, what you got? He said, "Hold on, I ain't done." Uh, Hold up, uh, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was finished? I wanted to ask, um, cause I see you all around the U.S. and um, with the good company, where do you see yourself in ten? Or even global, do you see you going global? Man, we talked about that. I think that's something that is um, inevitable for me, but it's not something that I'm hyper pushing for. Uh, I just want to do what I do, right? And whatever result comes from that, I'm okay with, but I'm not like... Um, it depends on the day. Some days I'm like, bro, I'm going to be the biggest thing in the fucking world and nobody can stop because I can do everything. And some days I'm like, yeah, I can do that, but do I want to do that, right? Do I even care to do that? So I think it's going to always kind of depend on necessity for me and how I'm feeling, right? Some days I'm going to run for mayor and some days I'm like, I'm going to just pick up trash. <laughs> so it just depends on how I'm feeling. 
Uh, I have one more. I wanted to ask. Hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> Y'all thought I was finished? Uh, a lot of people that I see, like artists, they usually end up going as far as they usually do, but then they stop. So I wanted to ask, do you know your limits, or do you look at yourself of having any? I wrote a book earlier this year. You know what the book is called? <laughs> there is no limit, bro. You know, we, um, man, even, even er just taking early meetings and, and telling people to plan, like, bro, I'm 23 albums in. I dropped my sixth album last year, right? Last year I was on my sixth, and I have 23 now. So there's absolutely no <coughs> limit to any of this shit. I'm kind of going, uh, I got this saying to leave empty. Right, and that's kind of how I feel about this shit. I'm just going until I don't have no more, or until I feel like I'm done. Then, then I hang it up. But uh, till then, no, nah, it's limitless. It's up. This is also what this is for. So if y'all got more than one question, please ask it. Like this is the time to kind of get those gems and and that information, like the ad shit. Great question. You feel me? Like this is the time to get all of it. Get all of it out. I need all of it. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Having us here. Um, my first question was, um, when you, like, left your job, how did you know you were ready? Because I couldn't do it no more. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't ready. I just had to jump, right? It wasn't even about readiness at that point. I had a lot of shit that wasn't lined up, you know, in, I in an ideal way, but it was time to jump. I couldn't, I just couldn't do it no more. And uh, I feel like anytime you decide in between, I just feel like those are two factors that doesn't even take a rough decision. If I have to decide between chasing my dreams and working for a white man, I'm going <laughs> to chase my dreams, right? And I, I knew in my head, like, I'm a hard worker. I can always find a job. I can't, this moment to chase, like, what I want won't always be here, but I can always go back to work. We ain't never missing no jobs, right? If you work hard, you can find a job. That's the easiest thing you could do. Chasing your dreams is like, bro, you got to do that shit now. You, you feel me? You can't wait. You can literally go find a job at any time in your life for the most part. As long as you work hard and you can continue to work, you're going to find a job. It's people 60 and they still working. So that's the easiest thing you could do. But going after some shit that really just like put fire in you, that was the best thing I did, man. I, I really had to quit. Man, I remember before quitting, right? I was at my job, bro, and I was going through it. I was crying. And I had called Fani, and I was like, bro, this shit killing me. My nigga was like, come over. I went over. I got a hug. A nigga made an omelet. The best, <laughs> hey, man, the best food is when you sad. Hey, nigga, when you, when you feeling down and the nigga could use some warm food, it's like, you care. <laughs> But, bro, that shit, like, it helped me. I was able to go back to work. Like, under, it, it almost got me, you feel me? It's like, nah, nigga, what you doing, you feel me? I was able to go back undefeated and keep my record clean and, and really leave out of there when it was like, bro, it's my time. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to do it. Like, I really just gave myself no ultimatum. I was going to make it or I was going to make it. It was, it was nothing else. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, I got one more. Shout question. out, Fonny, <laughs> man. Come hey, on. He's going to cry in the car. <laughs> Being a father, um, how, do you, how do you, like, balance that? Like, how do you balance doing 
everything that you do and making sure you allocate time for your kids? Man, I, it, it really, uh, you kind of just do it. And it and it swings with the pendulum. Like, Mel Mel will be here. Like, I'll go pick her up from school, and we come, and we do work, and we do math, and we chill. And you can, bro, you just have to make time when you can make time, right? Like, I'm very open with my daughter about what I'm on. You feel me? Like, there was a time I had to go to L.A. for an extended period of time to do some shit. So I asked her, like, how do you feel about this? This is what may come from this. How do you feel about this, right? Because I actually care what she thinks about that shit. But uh, she understands what I do, right? We don't hide it. Like, you know, I've had times in life where I didn't really know what my parents did. I knew they went to work, right? But she's clear on what I do, and I share that part of it. So she's very understanding. If she's uncomfortable or don't like something, she tells me that, right? And we can change it and, and, and reevaluate and if there's a time where I'm overly missing her, I can just go get her and we have that time. But yeah, I don't I don't think it's nothing I really have to think too deep on. I just try to do my best. Oh, thank you, thank you. You got a kid? Yeah, I have a kid. Nice, beautiful. You neglecting him? <laughs> <laughs> this nigga. No home training. My has I'm just asking. I'm just, he put me on the spot, nigga. I, I wanna know too. <laughs> He about to be red. <laughs> his baby mama on the chat like, is that his voice? <laughs> He's supposed to be here right now. <laughs> um, my Our videographers will probably kill us if we don't ask this question, but like, this may be something uh, where you guys can all kind of chime in. Um, your guys' system for content release, do you guys have like, okay, on this day we need to release like this type of content and then how do you like organize those bundles on your guys' release that you're doing on the day? Or is it just like emotional, like, we gotta release this, I'm feeling this right now? This was a great <laughs> question. It started off just emotional. So we would, you know, edit like a whole pack. Like we did a rehearsal yesterday, we got all the clips, there's like 17 of them, and I would just send him all the real format ones and he would download them to his phone and he would just, this is how I'm feeling today. But eventually it was like, bro, we're missing posts. Like we're we got we gotta figure out a system to it. So now, sheesh, are you ready? As soon as we get the content, once it's created, I have a Google Sheet of like the seven days a week. And then I find a spot that has less. So if one day has three, one day has two, one day has one, then I'll, you know, try to get them out evenly. And then when we edit, once we get the content back, I look at each one and I determine like, okay, is this an 8 a.m. post or is this a 1 p.m. post for like performance pieces? 8 a.m. is gonna get you right, it's going, you know, I'm turned up, I'm ready to start the day. 1 p.m. is like maybe a slower one or it could still have the same effect. And then uh, I put those all in to, we just started using Asana, so I'll like map those out and I got them all color coordinated and everything, it's really a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> So we got our 8 a.m. and our 1 p.m. Uh, 6 a.m. never changes. That's always the quote post. So 6, 8, and then 11 a.m. is now our free game Friday post. Those are, um, we do them in order of episodes. So episode 9, 8, 7, 6, except on that Friday, it's a new episode. And then 5, 4, 3, 2, and then just in that type of system until they're, they've all been posted, right? That's 11 a.m. We got our 1 p.m. 
And then 3 p.m. we leave it open because he's a for very emotion. E- for emotion, right? <laughs> for emotional time. Because I would fill up the thing and he'd be like, we need to reschedule this. And I'd be like, bro, everything is perfectly laid out. If I move it, it's not going to get posted for six months. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> oh so God. we open the three, the 3 o'clock for him to just post whatever. And then 5 p.m. is um, like a photo post of like a brand or merch or something. And then 6 p.m. is interview posts. And those happen the same way. We figure out a day of the week that each one can get posted and then schedule them out. Y'all got like Fortune 500 coming. <laughs> infrastructure working. Oh, here. no, man. Billion evaluation. That's where the biz headed. No, for real. We running this shit like, like Disney and Walmart. That's the goal, you for feel real? me? Like, you could either be that or Del Taco. Now, I'm going to stop knocking Del Taco, <laughs> Del right? Taco is, right? Because I know right. what Del Taco is. Let me stop playing. Right. Shout out. If y'all want to sponsor, my mama fuck with Del Taco, <laughs> man. If y'all want to sponsor us, come on. Yeah. I got a follow-up question to that. Because, like, how do you know that? Like, how did you learn all that? Is it just in you or, like, you know? I really love <laughs> organizing stuff. I always have. I've always been, like, just really clean and, like, organized and systems. I love to create them. I love having there be, like, a big-ass mess or just a lot of stuff and then figuring out the, like, systematic way to have it be organized. It's just... It's in me, and I really enjoy it. So, like, when I created the Asana thing, I was hella juiced to show them. I was like, bro, look at what I did. And it's like, yeah, you, you got to love it, bro. You got to love you it. And if to. you don't love it, then you got to find somebody who does, or you just <laughs> stick it out until you can you, find somebody who does. You, you know? can always tell those people, too, because uh, I remember when I first showed her Excel. And how do you, when I first learned how to use Excel, I was like, nigga, I'm finna fuck the game. <laughs> and I was at work, but I was like, I'm finna fuck the game up, right? And then I, I showed her, and she had the same excitement. <laughs> One time, my pops, he started a new job, and he had, like, a sheet of paper of, like, different formulas he had to remember. And I'm like, bro, you got to make a spreadsheet. I showed that nigga how to use Excel. It probably took about 10 minutes. That man, <laughs> it was, hey, but he's that same way yeah. where it's like once you got that shit, if it's in you, it, it's one of those things It's just yeah. in you, right? Certain people love certain sh- Fucking Michael Prince told me when he was little, he liked to build Ikea furniture. Who the fuck does that? <laughs> like, that's some, you know those kind of people, right? It's in you. It's like, nigga, what? Yeah. I had Tonka toys. <laughs> Could barely figure them out. <laughs> it took me a while, though. Like, it started with me. It, it, start, it all started on paper. So I had all the footage that we had available, and I wrote out all the days, and then I just put them in, like, underneath the days and I just circled the ones that could be at specific times and it all just started with like problem solving like how can Mm -hmm. I make this make sense because right now it's chaos and it's not gonna work we were posting like the same songs three like in the same week or something he's like bro "Bro, what's going on I was like all right and it's like (laughs) the whole team is like that Millie just figured out some shit (laughs) the other day and it's it's like dope because I feel like all of us has this um we want to figure shit out, but we also all want to do less work. Like right. We all like, how can I do this shit without doing as much? Millie figured out how to bulk print merch order labels. Ooh. We was printing them one by one. We shipped out thousands of pieces <laughs> of merch, and we printed them bitches one <laughs> by one. She just figured out how to bulk print, and that's like... That's what she's <laughs> be excited about. Right? That, like, that's what excites us now. <laughs> right. They say, uh, like, you could always be successful if you know how to solve a problem. Or right. Problem always. Right. There's so many problems out here to solve. Always. <laughs> when I was if at you Berkeley, could feel a need, 
you won. You yeah. you you right. won the game. Once you figure out how to fill a need, that's what we did with music. Selling shares, like giving people dividends from the songs they listen to, you just filled a gap that everyone would want to everyone would want to make money by supporting their favorite artists, right? You just got to find those spaces and it's usually the shit that you hate to do. Whatever you hate doing, find a fix. Right. Millie clearly hated printed labels <laughs> one by one. She like, nigga, what I'm can I do, right? Out. And you figure that yep. shit out. And that that's exactly what it is. You got to figure out a way to work smarter, not harder. If you feel like you got to work hella hard at something, that's, that's how you mama. know you got to figure out a new system. My mama had three tables set up. <laughs> hey, for real. And she, and she be having them same systems. Like, once she gets going, she be knocking it's it out. Gone, and be like, right. bro, I got to figure out a way to get is done as quickly and efficiently as possible without losing quality. Mm-hmm. Have y'all ever thought about uh, creating like a course that you could do like a product? We're thing? doing that right now. No. In the works. We're doing it right now. <laughs> All great things take time though. Please, ex- please include a section on Excel. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Hey, right. And Asana. Any, any in the crowd? Any? <clears throat> Come on, what you got for us? Okay. Um, so this was when I wanted to make sure I asked. Okay, so without talking about like dollar amounts, but you have so many different streams of revenue. You have gold cards, shows, merch. Stock. Yeah, uh, music, royalties, all of that, right? What makes you the highest percentage? What's the highest percentage of revenue? And what, like, what makes up the lowest percentage? Or, and everything in between. Like, What do you make the most off of? What's the most profitable? Bookings, technically, but bookings are always the highest amounts, but there's so much that goes into doing it. Like, mm-hmm. Alfonda, I made $39,000, but it cost me 20 dollars to make it happen. Gold cards in stock are, like, the highest yielding, right? Because that's, like, very low cost. And music? Music stream, but streaming ain't... No, I mean, when you sell your music directly. Yeah, and selling music directly, so... Music, gold card, and stock are all kind of equivalent, right? Because okay. we did six figures off the uh, I Hate When Life's Going Great album, selling that shit direct. When we did For What It's Worth, we did like 20K plus. So we've had really good albums, but gold cards are also just like, that shit priceless, right? And mm-hmm. even, bro, microphones. Like, I sold right. three right. microphones, right. right? And those were very profitable ventures. And it's like, I just feel like we... We sell shit that increase in value. Everything mm-hmm. that we give, like stock only increases in value. Like you're always going to make your money back. You can give me a million dollars, and if I give you percentages of albums, your kids, 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 kids is going to eat. You're always going to make your money back, right? Mm-hmm. Gold card. Every single show is free. You all, like whatever, no matter what you pay, you fully get your value back. Right. So it's just offering shit like that. They're all kind of... We don't really have anything that towers over one uh, one another. They all support. It's a bunch of pillars. And for merch, just for all the non-believers, um, like wh- how much of the revenue pie is merch and um, what's the outcome in terms of like what you spend and what you make on it? For, uh, for always going to vary because the pricing varies, right? Mm-hmm. And de- depending on time, but merch has kept us afloat many a months. Okay. <laughs> many a months. You know, merch is, I would say 50-50. Like, merch will take up 50% of that income. Like, merch is something that's always bringing money in if it's available. Okay. That's one that just doesn't stop, right? There's downtime with shows where I'm not doing show or I don't want to take everything, but merch is a constant. If it's available in here, it's, it's selling. Okay. 
On that availability, I noticed when you first started selling merch, maybe it wasn't when you first did, but when I first noticed you selling merch, you had like a bunch of designs available and now it's kind of like one at a time. So right. I wanted to ask, is that because it's easier to manage or is it the psychology of I got to get it because he might not have it anymore? And it both, <laughs> both, both. Because I feel easier. like it's that. Because when we, when we first launched, you got to remember, I'm a nigga who just pushed the button. Yeah. I'm like, nigga, 10 of them things. And then you have to realize, okay, I'm using him for production. I'm getting my shit from there. It takes them time to do their thing. I can't put pressure on them to do their job. And then, okay, I have a team who has to manage that side. It's hard to print out thousands of shit. Like, there's just so much more that goes into it. <laughs> production time, lead times. If I, uh, the holidays are here, shit shutting down. And it, then it has to get produced and pressed. So, like, it was just uh, early on I didn't, I didn't fully, you know, grasp right. everything. But that's the beautiful thing. Like, we learn as we go. And now it's like both like that um ability to do it like now we knock shit out but i still like that um it's not heavily accessible like it's a thing that you want to have because you it might not be here again, right, right? like i was like i want a black hoodie and then i saw that you guys were pressing up the state protected shirt so i was like i'm gonna wait to get the black hoodie when the state protected shirt is available but when the state protected shirt became available there's no more black hoodies so i was just like he Can't really only on has one thing at a time right? don't you wait. never know and that's the thing we move on part two so you never know what might be up some days i'm like all right throw all vitals on some is like no we only doing one right yeah. so it's like you want to be a, we man we go to shows where some people got a pizza march where we like oh we know you in there, right? right. There was only like, it was only like fifty of these, right? So yeah. I think it's just a beautiful display of us being human. Like my biggest thing is, I don't care to be so big that I don't know what's happening or we just can't manage it. It's like, bro, we're we're doing well. I don't care to be at that point where there's some man. I was in a a meeting recently, and someone, the owner of a company, walked in, and someone there worked for his company. He had no clue who they were. Right, and I don't really want that with my brand. Like mm -hmm. I, I like to know the people that's doing my shit and fuck with them. Like these are people I'm sharing equity with. These are people that are in my home, my family. Right, so I think it just depends on where you really want to be. But for me, I think every every piece of merch is special. Like we make that shit here, Bonnie right. Buff ass. We pray like we make that shit. There's right. a reason your patch is that. Like, hey, right. <laughs> <laughs> but you feel me? Like that shit is special. You're not wearing no shit that was manufactured in China right. and shipped here. Like, we made that shit here. Right. We had to, man, man, early on, it was me and Yaya present shit. We had so many patches falling off, and the backs <laughs> is crooked. Like, we really had to learn the system, and, okay, how do we do merch and shit, and then being able to teach other people, getting the shipping right. This house have took on so many forms because the business keep growing. We've mm -hmm. had to restructure entire rooms, like, it's just a beautiful process. So, yeah, with merch, you might only, it might be some shit you can only get that one month. You feel me? So, right. don't wait. Don't be like, it's going to be here next month. No, it won't. No, right. It won't. <laughs> <laughs> won't even be here next week. I'm oh, telling God. You. <laughs> um, okay, so when you, when I first started following you, you had uh, a lot of good company content. That's what I first knew you for. And, like, the platform, and you put on a lot of other artists. Some had bigger platforms than you mm -hmm. <clears throat> at the time. Um, you know, some were just people never heard of before. And I was like, wow, this is like an A&R's dream because it's like you discover so much content. I mean, right. so many artists, like, from your platform. You did the easy work. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you have, um, there's a lot of 
uh, newer platforms, like there's Corner Store LA where they do like their freestyles, um, which is a dope platform. I figured that, you know, that kind of diminished as your popularity started growing. But do you plan on ever getting back to that? Because I think mm -hmm. that it's um, something that, especially in the Bay, we really need. Yeah, no, yes. we, we talk about that all the time, and that's uh, a big thing. But that's another thing that, that comes with, like, my music. I work in phases. Wherever I am in life, that's what we're getting. So it's not nothing that I'm ever pressured to do when I'm in that space. Like, even now, we've had some one-off live sessions where someone will pull up, and I'm like, bro, we got to go do that, right? Yeah. But it's just like, sometimes I'm not feeling like that. I don't have that energy where I want to do everything. It's like, I want to work on my shit right now. You mm -hmm. feel me? Because that's always, that's always been a, a, a treasure. No one's doing it, right? So any energy that right. we invest towards doing it is just like, gratitude right thank you so but we're we're getting back to that uh space because right we'll find some shit and it's like bro we gotta help this we gotta yeah. be a part of this shit right so that's definitely going to come back that's my retirement plan i was about to say <laughs> i can definitely see that being like when you decide to stop making music and just build that because i think since good company is a nonprofit, that <laughs> everything goes to support local artists i think that that's a really dope resource because i know i used to find new artists you Gems. know yeah and be like man who is this that's how i found tessie Gems. and being like who is this um so but i also wanted to ask when you started that did you use that as a strategy to build up a platform mm. or was it just something you just love doing like i just want to put on a bunch of people i just enjoyed doing it like after the <laughs> first one went it just looked so dope. I was like, bro, I want to see other people in this shit. I feel like they should be tight. So I just really started reaching out to the niggas who had, like, a song that I enjoyed. I just okay. like making content in general, right? Mm -hmm. I just, that's just the shit I love to do. I like dope music. So every time I come across something dope, it's like, bro, we building this shit. And it was COVID. So it was like, bro, we building this shit. Thanks. We can't do shows. So there was just yeah. a lot of time for us to spend and do something that we love. We all enjoyed doing them. So it was like, bro, this is an easy score. Let's just run it. Right. Yeah. I definitely, I miss those days. So I'm looking forward to those coming back. Oh, man. And it's going to be fire. We, yeah. Man, fire. We've been finding even more and more talent. And yeah. the list is long. Right. I, people the list for like submissions <laughs> for live sessions is, is in the long. thousands. Right. It's in the thousands. So usually out of that thousand, there's, you know, there's a good hundred of them that's right. like, bro, everyone needed to hear this. So I'm looking forward to that shit, too. So for the people who have asked, because I get asked, it's not that you're may maybe not fucking with them. It's just that you're not doing that right now. Because I'm not a lot of people are like, I've submitted and I haven't heard anything. I mean, it's some of both. Okay. Some, I just don't like this shit. If I don't like it, I don't like it. Yeah. You feel me? I, I, I can't do nothing about that. I'm not here to do no favors. Right. Like, if I like it, I'm going to bring you on the platform. I don't owe anyone that. Right. And that was the thing that I didn't enjoy either with the platform. People start approaching mm. you and talking to you like you owe them. I don't. Ha I built this shit. I don't right. have to share anything, right? Right. But people get that attitude when you start being so helpful and assistive. But yeah, no. Some of this shit is like I didn't like it, so I'm not going to do it. It's not even that I don't fuck with you. I just didn't like your song, bro. Right. <laughs> like it's not even that deep. There's no deeper context. Sometimes it's just right. like I didn't enjoy this one. Some people I tell send me multiple. Yeah. So I could pick my favorite. Right. I don't want to do this. Like, you feel me? I built a platform based off my taste. I want to pick what I enjoy, not what's hot or what your label's pushing. That doesn't matter to me. Right. And I think the reason why, like, 
that platform matters so much to the cultures because you're not moved by money. Like people can't just pay to get a placement. And so everything that's on there, it's a good mix and it's good. And it's not just like it's there's no agenda. There's no it's not pay for play. It's like no everything on there is dope. Come on. <laughs> Shut up. Emma. Hey, you can say that again. Right. right. We got some alumni. Right. We can say that all again. Right, but no, right, that that's right. very important, bro. And that's why, like, I'm excited going into the next season, but I know that that's going to exist even more now because I'm right. bigger, right? Right. Back then, it was like I had I was small sharing people's shit. Now, when I share somebody's shit, six, man, I just shared Mona Leo's shit the other day, and that shit did a quarter of a million. Like, we tapped, we end up connecting yeah. off of me just sharing it. But that's really what it's always been about for me. I just want to share dope shit. But a lot of artists had songs I like, but not great content. So I didn't want to share because I'm like, ah, this shit don't look great. So I figured if I make the content, then it's right. easier for me to support you. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, on the nonprofit side, um, you've supported Momos and did the pay what you want um, meals. Are there any other, other than Vallejo, because we know how you feel about Vallejo, but are there any other communities or causes that you feel called to serve that are like important to you that you want to give back to? Um, I mean, everything ultimately, like if, I, if I'm in a position, everything that mm -hmm. calls to me would get taken care of. Um, I'm home, so I take care of home, right? If mm -hmm. I'm somewhere else, that's where I would take care of. But then that I'm here and I got to see it all the time, it's like I have to take care of home. But right. um, Which I think that that's the community's job, right. right? If you live somewhere, it's your job to take care of this place, right? And we can't rely on outside people to do it, right? A lot of our governments and infrastructures and mayors aren't even from these cities, so why would they care, right? It's all right. tax, but um, yeah, everything. Like, I'm just one of those, like, if it hit me in the heart, you're going to get some money out of me. Or you're going to get some time and some energy out of me. You're going to get something right. out of me. Right. Okay. Um, I want to ask, T, for a year, so you're talking about Asana. I was following you on that. All makes sense. But when you are cutting up all the different clips and, like, organizing those, how do you store them? We have a lot of drives. <laughs> a lot of drives. <coughs> um, and then I just section them out per, like, folder so you have the event that you did mm -hmm. and then you section them out by like IGR format TikTok format and then YouTube format and okay. then um, like all the IGRs and the TikToks have thumbnails already on the image so when mm. we export them there's one frame for IGRs so that way it just shows up when you upload it you don't even have to choose a thumb what's it's a, just the first frame what's an IGR uh, IG, IG real. real, sorry. Okay, <laughs> my bad. Okay. That's, how we, it. Got That's it. how we okay. title it. Oh, them. next time we need to get a screen so you can so look the laptop. And yeah, just kinda, yeah. Yes. And then uh, TikToks because when you post a TikTok, it does like a GIF mm -hmm. uh, when you upload it. So to eliminate that, to just to make it look better on your feed, we do the um, thumbnail for twelve frames because okay. a GIF is twelve frames long. So when you stretch it out <laughs> for twelve frames then it shows up on your feed as just a still image and it just looks better. Bro, right. this nigga's a genius. Right. <laughs> like, like she was the one who told, like, no, nah, you need thumbs and we need to put text and we tried different shit. Yeah. But the TikTok shit was something so crazy. This nigga sat on her laptop going one frame at a time, exporting, putting it up. No, that didn't work. Another <laughs> frame, export, put it, no, that didn't, another, to figure out that it was 12 frames. 
Wow. That's how like intensive she is with no, we're gonna figure this shit out and it's gonna get done. Yeah. Like that's some crazy <laughs> shit. That that takes a different level of dedication. Yeah. <laughs> I did it a few frames at a time. I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely have to love it. Definitely yeah, have to love it. Yeah. Um Wow, what else? Uh, oh, I also figured too when uploading. So we have so much content that figuring out what has been uploaded already and what hasn't been has been like really tricky. Yeah. So if you have a Mac, you can um, add like tags yes. on your things and you can create your own tags. So I just created like colored tags for mm. everything. So like posted on like La Russell's, posted on Good Companies, posted on mm. TikTok. So then now I can just label them if they've been posted or scheduled in Asana, scheduled on Simplified. And you've been using Simplified, yes. huh? I've seen that. Yes, I tagged you on Twitter, too, because <laughs> someone had asked me if I use Hootsuite, and I'm like, I found out about Simplified. Shout Has it been giving you trouble on, like, your first post? Like, do you have It is you... an auto-publish. So yeah, I have been being weird about auto publishing. Well, I don't. I have a creator account, so it doesn't. It won't auto publish. Oh, so. but we don't have that kind of account. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wait, what you oh, no, because <laughs> <laughs> no, because we didn't know about the auto publish shit. Because like the different tiers of accounts, it'll auto publish for you. So mm -hmm. that's something you might want to invest in. But also maybe not though. Oh. So when I when I suggest things I'm learning too so yeah. like if you go on there and you're like this shit ain't working just yeah. look for something else too so like simplified <laughs> lately <laughs> but it only doesn't work that first right very pose. yeah that's so like interesting. Uh, maybe schedule a extra one that you don't want to post if it's maybe not I'll posting schedule it. two and see if it doesn't post uh, both of them. Yeah, because it'll post every other one. Just not right? the 8 a.m. Just that, Just that one. It'll post so 6 a.m., oh. 11, 2, 3, 5, mm -hmm. 7, 9, 12, but just not the 8 a.m. post. Try so, to bump it to 7 tomorrow and just see. see if it, yeah. yeah. So Instagram yeah. will all, like Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, they try to block third-party publishers, so that way you have to use their platform, mm. and you're more likely to use like the, the uh, filters that they have and all these other right. things that they created to keep you on the platform. So when you use third-party ones, You'll, you'll just end up having little things like that that happen. But this is it. real game. I mean, it comes with right. it. real game. <laughs> the thing and the thing I love about simplified so much, like if nothing else, is the fact. And if you follow me, you see like you can take the link of a tweet. <gasps> I was too. I've, already, I've been telling other people. I was telling Tahoe. I was like, no. I, sh I was like, let me pull out my phone. Right. Look how you do this. He's it's doing beautiful. it now too. This nigga told me she said, you need to never post another one of your Girl, tweets like that again. Android, and that's so, be so ugly. So, so like, I'll eh. tell you what. So I'll tell you what I started doing is I I tweet everything, and then I see you did a carousel post. Yeah, but I but I'll tweet stuff. And then, and I'll even, I'll schedule those out, but I'll just kind of like test those. And then the ones that get the most engagement now, I bookmark them. And then now I go to Simplified. And when I schedule my Simplified content, mm. I go to my, my bookmark folder from Twitter. And I just take all the ones that I've, that perform well. And I post them on Instagram. That girl good. Right. Taking notes. Girl good. Yeah. Because <laughs> if, if it performs good on Twitter, like it, it spreads easier, and if it gets engagement on Twitter, it'll because it, the Instagram algorithm is a tough cookie to crack. So if it does good on Twitter, it'll do good on Instagram. If it does good on TikTok, it'll do good on Instagram. So I kind of like just take the highlights. Yeah. 
and test them on other platforms. That's so interesting. From my perspective, Twitter is the hardest one to get like traction on. Instagram is pretty easy, and then TikTok is like, bro, TikTok is TikTok like the kids. (laughs) TikTok is like kids. It's like. I don't know how you're going to act today, but I got to deal yeah. with whatever you right, do. But I'm going to fuck I with think you regardless. <laughs> for Twitter, it's that, um, and this is the selling point I give to people, you can get shares and impressions without having a video. So yeah, right. it's a it's lower energy content in that sense mm. um, where you will video will get more reach on Instagram, but right. uh, everything else will go further on Twitter because it's, if someone on Instagram shares to their story, like they have to share it to their story or send it to a person on Twitter, you can. It's you just like you it. know though, but you. I'm mm-hmm. starting to to really see and figure that a lot of those things aren't real that we think. Like we thought photos got less traction, right. but we have some photos do. and yeah, tweets 20, that on right. Photo, some like, do yeah, because they're not as good. Yeah. It's not like they're naturally getting less traction. We have photos that have yeah. way more likes than videos and some videos that went way more viral. Or it just they're wasn't not, time. They're not blocking yeah. either. Yeah. Generally, yeah. the content isn't great. Like, like if it's not going, right, the content's just like not Like, Michael great. Prince posted the same video on TikTok. Mr. Viral. <laughs> right. He Mr. Viral. the same video on TikTok that I posted on our TikTok, and, and he got a million. I've done that And before. I got, like, 13,000. I was like, what the hell? That happened. Hey. No, I tested it out. There's a, there's a non profits page that I manage and I I found a TikTok and I posted it to their account. I put the same text on the screen and then I posted it on my account and I put the same text on the screen. I posted them at the same time. They got like 120,000 views and I got like 500 or something. So <laughs> it's like... It's just whatever one they picked that day. TikTok out is... Where you from is where you at. Right? <laughs> TikTok is like, right. bro, you just gotta cross your fingers and right. hope. <laughs> or post it again. Like, that's the cool yeah. thing about... That's really why I like TikTok, though, is you can post... 12 times in a day like it doesn't matter there's no yeah like with back instagram back. yeah have, have with instagram out. i feel like you need breathe room because we notice yeah. if you post and then you post again within the hour it slows the but traction on the previous post days like this but no even still days like this a lot of the posts didn't do well in terms of how well they usually do mm-hmm. but one stuck out because that was the the best one but it's like all of those could have had a fair chance if we would have gave them breathing room and they all could have done a little bit better than they did. But they were, it's like compromised because now there's so much coming from your page that people are seeing that they're just going to pick their favorite one instead right. of looking at the one that you shared. It's like if a TV show was 10 minutes. And right. The, and it's like every 10 minutes. No, it's like one, if a TV a show had eight screens on it. What <laughs> screen am I going to watch? It's like, bro, right. I don't know. Right. I got to right. pick one. But that's also the importance of posting a variety of content. Mm-hmm. Right, so some people find me from interviews. Some people find me because they love my quote post. Some people find a performance video. Right, like when you post in different types, yep, yeah. it, it really helps with that shit. Like you can see me three different ways in a day, and it's not bothersome because it's a different type of thing each right. time. Right. Well, I've even told people like, because I notice like sometimes it might be the same song, but it might be the same song, but it's a different performance of it because mm-hmm. you have so many different types of performance clips. But I'll tell people. You never get mad when Go Get That Bag comes on your screen. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you just saw it. You're not mad that right. you saw it. So if it did good, post it again. Like right. 300, if you if you know, like you get such a small percentage of people who actually saw your post, post that shit again. And the people who saw it the first time and liked it, they already liked it. So they're not going to be mad at it again, you know? Right. Mm. What is it? I have something to add. 
about the TikTok thing. Come on. Uh, so for TikTok, what I do is they're like trending hashtags sometimes on TikTok. There'll be like a blue thumb mm-hmm. next to it. And if I had like something that was like pretty good, even if I had like posted it the day before, I'll take it down and I'll post it with that hashtag. Mm. And then I just start posting a lot of stuff with that hashtag because that that's what like yeah. shoots mm. TikToks up. When we, we had a meeting with TikTok and they told us like their creators, they send them out. So they do their brand deals like Doritos, thumbs up or whatever. And those are the ones that get mm. those blue thumbs up because they want their creators to use that brand, that brand's hashtag. So that way they can get a bunch of uh, videos with that and then basically that's how they meet their quota with the brands that they partner with so they'll send that out to their creators ahead of time like here's the ones that we're going to do here's the ones that I need you guys to be making videos to so that's why those ones are getting a lot more views because it's like these are the ones we're going to push this week right. so if you use this hashtag though on TikTok hashtags still work I just don't personally use them because I'm not even on the app I'm using simplified to upload and I'm not right. I don't check to see like oh what's trending this week which is lazy on my part i totally could but i'm like yeah. if it's gonna go it's gonna go regardless so i don't really I care like we haven't used hashtags in a long ass time and it'll still get yeah. hundreds right. of thousands of views like and that's how i feel like those pieces that go viral on yours them motherfuckers going no right. matter what but they we would have gone we've, we've contemplated if those would have been assistive like if yeah. we did a million without hashtags what we have done 10 with you know so that's something that you you might want to test. I don't know about hashtags on Instagram either, y'all. I've had a few people ask me, and I'm like, I think they're lame. I think no. they're like, I don't like to use them personally. Yeah. But I'm yeah. not judging you if you do. But I don't like how it She's looks. She got them in her bio. I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> no, hashtag mom. I, I put them in the I put them in the comment in the com mm. the first comment. It has to be quick because I used if, to do that too. if too much time goes by, it won't affect the post. But um, I've actually been noticing, especially with pictures, that um, I might have like half of my impressions might Is actually that come nigga from in it. front of the house. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. How dare he save a life right now? We shooting free game Friday, nigga. You couldn't pick another day <laughs> to die. <laughs> That nigga is a fool. Right. My mother, everyone. <laughs> hey. Oh my goodness. But no, um, a fool. But no, sometimes like half of my impressions or more are actually coming from the hashtag. So I used to think that they don't really matter, but um, I look at the analytics and they actually are driving more traffic or like a lot of my impressions so are the analytics tell you if uh traction is coming from a hashtag or not on the it on the post it won't tell you which hashtag but it'll tell you if it's coming from hashtags and mm. if it says other because it'll say explore hashtags or if it says other i feel like that's if someone shared it and those are the people who saw it on someone else's story or from a share um but it'll tell you on the post but that's why i start small i'll try three to five hashtags on a post and if it if i got a lot of uh impressions from those hashtags i can kind of narrow down which ones it was and then try other ones and like test them out you don't be feeling corny when you put like hashtag artist hashtag i don't use those because i hashtag hashtag gonna make it soon No. (laughs) (laughs) no so this is the thing so i was i was doing a, a zoom call with an artist and i told her right now while we're on the call 
look up hashtag singer and sh- tell me what content you see. Mm. None of them people look like you. Stop using that hashtag. Mm. If your content doesn't look like the content that comes up when you search the hashtag, it's not going to work for you. Mm. So... Free game. Free game. I feel like all the energy that I could put into, like, hashtags feel like I'm trying to do the dance. Yeah. And I'm not about to dance with you niggas. I'm just going to put out great content. So all the work that I could put in to, like, studying hashtags and figuring out which ones are going to work and which ones they're pushing this week, like, nah, bro, I'm going to get my lighting right. I'm going to make sure that when when I get behind the camera, I'm performing well, and then everything else is going to work in my favor. Like, I feel like you're... When you do those, you're trying to work with something that you have no control over. Right. And that's exhausting. It's like, no, yeah. I'd rather just take care of the things that I have control over and make sure that those are A1 yeah. and then everything else is just additive. Right. Oh, great. I will say, shit, man. I will oh, say, no. if you're going to, if you, if you are, sometimes when I post stuff, like if it's a personal post, I don't put hashtags because I don't <laughs> care if that gets mm. impressions. Right. I'll put it on content that is like promoting something. Mm. Um, but... If you are going to use hashtags, use hashtags that matter because um, hashtags also talk to the algorithm. So if it knows you usually watch this type of content, it's categorizing what type of content to show you. So if your hashtags are confusing the algorithm, Mm -hmm. then the algorithm doesn't know who to show your content to. Mm -hmm. So it can confuse the algorithm. And I'll tell people, like, the hashtags aren't just for what people are searching for you're t- you're talking to the algorithm so so help the algorithm don't yeah. confuse it oh that right. like that's, and the that's what he was saying with the youtube right. shit when we were doing the tags it's yeah. like bro you can fuck your own so with youtube like if you Forgot put tags that. that aren't truly relative to what you're doing you're going to fuck up your own yeah. engagement because you're limiting yourself yeah. it's like when it's reading it it's like no nah, this don't make sense Right. You feel me? They like, don't know who to show it to. Yeah. Exactly. It's, if your hashtag isn't relevant to what you're posting, like yes. if I post a cooking video and I'm talking about hashtag, music, hashtag uh, viral, right? <laughs> it's like bro, hashtag explore. And they have right. computer systems that scan your content the same way that they scan it to see if kids are in it or if you're cussing and mm-hmm. like all these other things to flag it. They scan it to see what type of content it is. So if you put a hashtag that's not relevant, they're not not going to show your um, footage to anybody. Like right. bro, you're just you just got mm-hmm. trashed. <laughs> yeah, they can't. They don't. Know, they don't know who it's for. Like they want to keep people on the app. So if you help the algorithm categorize your content, you're helping them know who to show it to. Yeah. Um, the same thing with the text on the screen of the video. When you use text that is native to the app, it reads that like mm-hmm. SEO, just like it reads your captions like SEO. So if you're not doing hashtags, the text on the screen, even if it shows for a quick second or anything, it's more so for SEO purposes than anything. It's an extra step, but if you're posting eight times a day, it's not a step that's probably worth it. <laughs> but <laughs> for other people figuring it out, it's something to at least consider. Hashtags Free on YouTube game. are valid, though. Free game. They are very helpful. We sat down with the YouTube, um, I think Adam, right? Yep. And he was telling us, like, there are things that you can do um, to help increase the views on your youtube videos and hashtags do really help just make sure they're relevant but even even that like it's nothing worse than having trash content with a ton of hashtags it's right like, just, you just make great shit right. and that does the best thing <laughs> but like, it does, that's the yeah. best thing you can do it does help because like if we put hashtag a company over under everything then if you click the hashtag it'll take you to everything to that wormhole of content but i'll argue that if you just search good company you'll find the account which will already take you to all the content. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so it depends on how they found you. 
So like right, but I, I yeah, I feel like that's good if if other people are using it. But I feel like hashtagging your if the hashtag is the same as your account name, then right. it's like people should be able to find your account by ter- by typing that in because when you type something in it, it it does but, all. But you know that was a direct thing from the team over at really? YouTube, like, mm-hmm. yeah, hashtagging LaRussell, and I am LaRussell, right? Wow. Like, that, those were direct And you said to put, notes. like, different variations, like putting hashtag LA Russell, hashtag right. just GC. all the forms okay. that yeah. someone might type in to find your shit, yeah. that's Because when they be type doing. in, when okay. they search your name just in the YouTube bar, the things that have that hashtag that match what oh. they typed are also going to pop up there, even if it's not on the name of the video. Okay. But, you know, on YouTube, there's different ones. So there's the three hashtags that show up at the top, Mm -hmm. by the title and then there's the tags and that's where we did the la russell like those are the searchable things though Hmm, intriguing okay free game (laughs) okay come on we're gonna get into a 15 minute warning y'all got any y'all got any questions out here yep there we go where's the mic where's that my boy got cheeto crumbs (laughs) on his finger got cheeto fingers Gonna have to hand it to you with a napkin. (laughs) (laughs) You want something? (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Um, I'm gonna go a little less technical, but still going towards the content because we're in this content era. And I'm someone where I have like two videographers that I work with, and like. Because what you said is hell important. Like it's dope to have great content, a lot of it, but also different, different diversity within it. Right. So performance. What for you me know I'm about p- diversity? Come on. Always playing. Yeah. It's in my blood. Um, <laughs> but like as a producer, it's like I got bedroom shots, right? I got funny skits I do. I got interviews I do with artists based off the album. And um, I'm getting over this hump. I'm trying to figure out what y'all also talked about is about like uh, working smarter, not harder. And I think I'm in this point where I, I, I have a bit of a team, but like I got a full time job. They got full time jobs and I'm paying them. Um, and they're definitely on the same page as me. It's like, yes, I'm paying you, but I'm here because I believe in what you're doing. I'm trying to build with you. So do you have any like history on where you were at and where you are now in terms of getting over that hump of like, look, we all got all these things we're doing. We believe in each other, but how do we like, is it just taking a big ass risk or is it, does that um, make sense? I think it's something that scales throughout the journey. Like we kind of did it slowly. Like all of us worked a job until it got to a point where it was like, okay, we don't have to work for them. We could work here and still be able to, sustain right so that was a slow process right i've been working i did about four or five shows before i left my job so i was already building this when tieta was finally when i was like hey bro you need to leave your job we need to go all in on this shit like we had already started we went viral already we already had a few pieces that was establishing when millie was it's like okay merch is growing we're doing shows Fani is like, no, merch is built. We're doing, you feel me? So we had to really build up to certain points before you can take that risk. I would get something established first. Like, you don't want to go into it in the dark. Like, bro, if you don't have nothing running and there's nothing coming from anywhere, then wait, you know, keep working and do it simultaneously. But once you start, you can start unlocking different keys as you grow. As you progress through the game, you get new characters. Like, nigga, I got a Fani, I got a Millie, I got a Yaya. Just as you go up in that game, you unlock new characters, and that's how it is. You just got to get your shit up. 
<laughs> Level up. And if you can figure out a way to work on it simultaneously, like I was working at a security job and I was spending all day at security, like checking things in, not even looking at their shit, and then just getting back to work. <laughs> security <laughs> risk. This nigga is the biggest risk to the company. <laughs> the security it was is the biggest risk to the company. It was COVID, bro. There was nobody in there. But you know it was video, like that video where the, the guy's like doing the frisk and he's like, Right. <laughs> right. And you start to recognize faces. Anyway, the point <laughs> of the matter is like having a job that allows you that freedom, especially if you know you're going to quit. Like if you're at a job that takes all of your time and you know you don't want to work there, but you know you have to have a job, then start looking for a job that's going to give you that leeway. Because it's like, mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not building with you anyway. I just need this check right now. So Bro, I'm I had a good company <laughs> folder on my work computer. <laughs> right. That's how much I was building every spreadsheets, everything. I had a good company folder right. on my work computer before I left. I had to bring a drive to take a folder with me <laughs> right. when I left work, you feel me? So it's very important to try to find a job to where you could do what you actually want to do. Because yeah. if you got to give your all to a job and it's 16 hours and shit, it's like, bro, you never going to get no time to work on your shit. Right. And I highly suggest security, y'all. Like, it's literally just a class that you can do online. Hey, I'm serious. And they pay like 20 plus an hour, especially if you live out here. Free game. And I went in there and I told them. No, that's like, not. That is a security risk. That ain't no free. Nigga, that is not no free game. That is a that is a risk. Listen, somebody cut his mic, bro. <laughs> Listen. What? And I walked in there and I told him when I when I was doing the interview, I was like, bro, I'm a great worker. Like, you're not going to have no issues with me. I'm going to get the job done and I'm going to do it well. And I'm going to improve your system here. But I need you to allow me the freedom to build what I'm building because I don't plan on staying here. And to have that understanding with my boss, like, I had a computer and then I had my laptop under it. And it's like, you ain't even allowed to do that. But I was so transparent and I did my job well that, that nobody said nothing to me. Was that before fired. or after? <laughs> <laughs> you going to be like, hey, boss. I got this dream. That nigga over there. All right. Here's your last. Here's your two weeks, babe. That was my dog. And you know what? And I got Soraya job there afterwards. Right. And I had her on the same tip. So what? Right. No, find a book. Yeah, find right. a space, bro. Find somewhere where you can manage both until you don't have to, right? But there's going to come a point where you have to jump all in. Right. And the people around you are going to eventually have to jump all in, too. And that's very important for them to believe in what you're building. Right. But you have to make that believable like before i was giving any of my niggas money i would still try to pay for gas i pay for food like if we doing something if we gotta go to la if i'm like bro i need y'all to be in la for a show i'm going to spend the money to make sure everybody could get there and be comfortable and there's times where all of us pitch in to do that so it's just very important for niggas to truly believe in you not believing you like, oh, when it's convenient, I can come support you. But believing you like, no, what do we need to do every day to get this done? Facts. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to the IG and TikTok and, and the post on there, um, I've seen a lot of IG take like original audio and it's actually helped people put stuff up without like copyright infringement. Have you guys ever, do you guys see that show up for you in like streaming when people use your audio that you post on your reels as your original audio so like if you put you know go get that bag up does that count when, or people when people tag your song in their ig stories does that count as a stream from ig ig no, or it TikTok doesn't count as a stream mm -hmm. i think TikTok counts as streams now if but i don't tag know the, the song though right like, if you tag yeah. the actual original sound yeah. And it, it may be for IG now. But, uh, yeah, I think com I think you 
he was saying that command shift it collects on all so even social platforms too. So like if the con if they can ID the content and the song, then they'll collect on your behalf. But right, and that and that also will heavily depend on your distro. Some distros don't have the same collection uh collection rates and shit. Like some distros collect at lower rates, or they don't collect in certain places, or they don't upload your music to certain places. So it just depends on your distro. I got one more question too. Come on. <laughs> Um, so you guys have been doing a great, a great job on the independent route. And I know you've had conversations with like what rock nation or whatever, with other labels and big, big industries. And so, at some point people that are doing great, uh, end up doing joint ventures with bigger brands now kind of thinking about where you were then and where you are now, what value do you see in doing a joint venture with a bigger, uh, organization to, you know, to um, continue to get this off the ground? They would, the only value for me is uh, capital, of course. If it's enough money for me to build Disneyland, then it's like, okay, you're valuable. And outside of that, anything that I can't provide for myself. So, like, that's the thing with labels. Like, we were all here yesterday and we are having this conversation. Like, man, if you want to go diamond, that's where the label comes into play. Because the label has a nigga in Korea talking to somebody about your song on streaming. Right. They have a nigga in Ghana talking to somebody about your song on streaming, right? When you're indie, you don't have that global to I can't make a call and be like, yo, could you put my dog on this on this playlist for the top 100 in Switzerland, right? So it really depends on how you want to scale. They'd have to offer something like that where we don't have it. Like, if you want to be, if you want to go diamond it and have that level of success as an indie, you have to build the exact same infrastructure that they built, or you have to partner with them to utilize the infrastructure. Look cold out here. It's all right. Cold, yeah. Hi, friend. Yeah. Um, okay. I know you've talked about publishing a couple of times, but what is like your process when you when you upload a song? Like, what? Yeah. How does that? Gotcha. Go? Thank you. So it goes to distro first. Then you have to wait a, like a day or two, and then distro will give you your ISRC. That's the the code that you need. That Basically, it's like a UPC code for your song individually, not for your full product. Like your album will have a UPC, your song will have an ISRC. If it's just a single, it'll have both, right? Mm -hmm. So you get that code. From me getting that code, since I have pub admin with Song Trust, I go into Song Trust, and then I upload that song, and I enter that code, and I register my publishing splits. The writer share is 50%. The producer shares 50%. If there's multiple writers, you divvy that how you see fit. If it's multiple producers, they divvy that. We enter that into there. From there, I go into Sound Exchange. I register my song on Sound Exchange. You need that ISRC and UPC. So usually, when you distro a song, once you get all those codes, it's important to create a spreadsheet. We have a spreadsheet called Discography. I have every song I've ever released and all the information I need on those songs on that sheet. Songwriters, mixing engineers, everything. So when you go to Sound Exchange, you do the same thing and register. Sound Exchange is gonna take a couple days to register your first half because you have to register as an artist, well, as a performer, and as a rights owner. So when people sign deals, the label takes the rights owner side and they get the performer side. When you're indie, you do both. So you first register as a rights owner, you wait two days, and then you go back and you register it as an artist. Then your publishing is complete. <laughs> you 
can watch really, this video. It's recorded, so you can I go got back so and nervous. Watch I was like, <laughs> I started going crazy. <laughs> I was right? like, I need to make but it's sure. A, it's a little three-step process. But okay. once you do that, then you're collecting. Because a lot of people always see things where they're like, a million streams is $4,000. If you do all your publishing, a million streams could also be about $6,000, mm. right? Mm. It could You could end up making whatever you're making in streaming, your publishing royalties could end up being a quarter to 30% of that. So a million streams isn't $4,000. It's a lot more if all your shit is registered and taken care of. Create a discography sheet, y'all. If you are putting Please. out music, you the should have it. Do it now <laughs> because when you have 200 songs out, you're going to wish you had already started and doing beyond, it from the job. I had a, I was, we were getting, we're in a situation now where we're about to get offered a pub admin deal. The lady hit me and she was like, yo, could you send me like your catalog and your splits? If I didn't have a discography sheet, I would have been scrambling like a motherfucker. <laughs> I got 400 some songs, right? And I wouldn't have been able to deliver. And it would have been like, I mean, do we really want you, right? You right. don't even know what you have. So it's very important to create that sheet because you could just go. When you start doing real business, if you do a catalog sale, you can easily pull it up. This is all my shit. This mm. is who's on it. This is my percent. It makes everything easy. Man, maintenance. Excel. Right. <laughs> um, thank you. Um, okay, on a more personal level, your music is so just like honest and raw. I think that's why we love you. It comes from such a place. And for me too, music is my healing. That's always been how I get through anything. If I start crying, I'm probably going to write a song about it. Like, right. <laughs> right. Um, I know you relate to that. So like, sometimes it feels like when I'm, when I'm putting it out, it's like I'm putting out my prayers, if that makes sense. And it, mm. and it, it can even like feel icky to sing it again. Right. Or sometimes I'm like, fuck, I waited too long and now I can't put this out because it's too painful. How do you deal with that? I just let it go when it comes to the art because right, the art is you journaling. And it's very vulnerable. There's some songs I don't perform. Like, they'll play a beat during rehearsal, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that shit, right? And you don't have to always do it, because it is your journal. I'm choosing to share my journal, right? And that's a very important thing you have to know when you're releasing it. There, there may come a day where you hate this song. That's not how you feel anymore, but you chose to share your journal instead of keeping it for just you. And that's something that's okay with. Just learn to be okay with that. It's just thought. It's just your journal, right? Like, it can't kill you. I think it's very important to share all that shit because there's someone experiencing that shit who might not make it through it because they think they're the only person going through it until they hear a Selena or a LaRusso or Michael Prince or Transley or, you know, hey, ah, it's just different. <laughs> Me and Tony made some fire today. Some fire. Some fire. <laughs> there were some questions in the back. And then Sydney also had a question. He had a question. Bro, can, oh, I don't. I, I gotta go about the instrumental because I want you to show them. Uh, <laughs> I want to say tomorrow. Okay, I hold it. What's up, dog? Hey, I want to say thank you for uh, putting this together. I seen when Whitney tweeted this and uh, trying to make this happen, and that was fire as fuck. And um, <laughs> second, with the fifty, was it fifty one, oh three C? Maybe I'm getting it wrong. Five hundred one C three. Yeah, bro. Can you like explain the importance of that and like? Because um, Good Company is a label, right? And it's a nonprofit. So how do you, you know what I'm saying, dang that? So the 501c3 is important because a nigga like me gives a lot, right? And typically, since I give so much, like to do momos, it costs me nearly six figures, right? So generally, 
that's income that has to be accounted for as an LLC. It would say I spent $100,000 or I made $100,000 and now I have to pay taxes on it versus with a nonprofit, it's like this is untaxable income, right? So I'm not, if you make $100,000 regular, you gotta pay, you know, $20,000, $30,000 in taxes for it versus if it's donated to you, you don't have to. I didn't charge nobody for this. I did this from the heart. This is what I made from it. So it just separates that shit and makes it to where you're not in a hole in the future when you're doing $10 million giving, right? <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's how the rich don't That's how the wealthy all the, stay all wealthy. Money, oh, my bro. God. Right? Come on. We got any more? We almost closing out. You better get them out. So as a creative, you know, just seeing your standpoint of your process, you know, brand deals, photography, like what is your overall creative direction when you do shoots, you know, your album covers, your, you know, brand shoots like with Puma, for example, do you direct everything on your own or is like Dope. a team effort? Dope. So I, um, usually, so there's separate ones, like, like what are the different ones we did? So with Puma, right? Puma came to me, Hovain hit me and was like, yo, this is the, the treatment and the thing. And I think they just wanted photos. Mm -hmm. But I'm a nigga who believes in over-delivering. I'm like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it so good that you're going to be like, I need you to do this every single time. You feel me? In every way, you know? <laughs> you feel me? Like, I had to get it off. It was just too good. Hey, But with Puma, it was like, let's over-deliver. I was like, I want to shoot a fucking commercial. So I call Giggs and I tell Tieta and I tell Yacion and they all kind of brainstorm. I tell them the, I usually give everyone a general idea of what I want out of something. And then I let kind of people be free, kind of. Like I'll micromanage it, but I'm really just like, everybody wants the same goal. So we all, we start to, man, for that Puma shit, I had to go knock on the neighbor though. Like, yo, can we use your van? <laughs> right? And he was fucking with it. He let us, so we was able to pull it off. Um, King Palm, we did one, and I was just like, usually when I approach brands, it's always like, I'm going to do what I do best. Just let me do the deliverables. I don't really want too many rules on what I got to deliver. Just let me kind of create. You're going to be happy with what I create. And being able to approach it like that, we've just had much better outcomes. Even all the, the photo shoots for the albums and shit, like B. Gig's been trying to get me to do an editorial shoot for hella long. You and I'm to, like, I'll to. be like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not putting on clothes, right? So <laughs> he, he kept on, he kept on pulling it and earning it. So they turned out beautiful. B. Gig's went shopping with us. Like he did, I'm somebody like, if you want it to happen, you do it. He was willing to go to the store, to go by the, hey, how does, oh, let's do this and do everything. I didn't have to do much but sit down and take my photos, you feel me? So I just kind of build around people that really want to do it and it make all that shit easier. And we only do shit for the partners and brands that we actually fuck with, right? So you would say that like your whole team creative wise, you guys just always come together and like, man, yeah, it's always a, ideas. it's always a group idea. Like there's, there's usually one initial bomb and then everything, like, I had an idea. I was like, we need to do a GC Halloween, right? And me just saying that, Millie knew what she needed to do. Tiana knew what she needed. Everybody was like, okay, let's let's figure out how to do this, right? So it's an initial idea, and then everyone kind of just does what they do best. Love it. Free game. Um, with the, so many different platforms out there and more coming, like... How do you guys prioritize, like, 
your plat when you have a content piece or something like that, what are you prioritizing first? I see like I follow you guys mainly on IG, um, everything now, but mainly IG. You know, but how do you guys prioritize when you're releasing your content? Because do you have that same system for every different platform? Yeah, so it depends on what type of content it is. So every piece of content has a time that it goes up. So like I said, 5 o'clock is like interview pose, and 11 o'clock is uh, free game Fridays. And once the content has been delivered to us, we break it down and we figure out how many pieces we have. I just find a day of the week that I know is going to be running out of content soon. So, And then I just... Uh, this is really the tricky part, though, is like once a new piece of content gets added into the system, like let's say we were juggling two pieces that are being posted every other week from each other. Now they're being posted every three weeks from each other. So I have to go in there and I have to move everything down and get it organized that way. But it just comes with it. There's really no priority on like a specific platform. Like just because it's Breakfast Club doesn't mean it gets posted over a local one. It just uh, it just needs to wait its turn. Yeah. Yep, we just keep adding on to. We had a uh, one day we went and did an interview, and uh, it was like one of the early ones. We had clips, and I was like, "Bro, I'm gonna do seven interviews so we could post an interview clip every day of the week. And out of those seven interviews, we're gonna end up with seventy clips. I'm gonna get at least ten clips from each. So now we were able to do an interview every single day for seven days. And then once I passed seven, it's like, oh, we did fifteen interviews. Now we got complete variety because every other day it's a whole different platform." But it's really just trying to establish it first. Do one get good interview, get five pieces out. You got five weeks worth of content every Monday. Then do a second interview. Okay, now we got five pieces, you feel me? And just kind of scaling it as you go. 